Double trouble. The Bay Area is sinking as sea level rises. That story and more on H2O Radio's weekly news report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin, and it's This Week in Water. Starting in about 1950, the lush seagrasses of Chesapeake Bay on the East Coast began dying off, largely due to pollution from nitrogen and nutrients from fertilizers. However, after much effort to reduce the pollution, the grasses are growing back, according to a recent study. Researchers say that the bay's recovery may be the most robust resurgence of underwater grasses and aquatic vegetation in the world. One author of the study, Jonathan Levchek, told Science News that the sea and freshwater grasses Grasses are important parts of a coastal ecosystem because they shelter young fish and invertebrates. Another researcher told the Washington Post that you can watch seahorse, clams, inchworms, and snails crawling up and down the grass blades, and the bay is teeming with life. The cleanup of Chesapeake Bay began three decades ago by reducing pollution from farms and urban water treatment facilities by almost 25 percent. The study credited both federal and state efforts. However, the Trump administration's proposed federal budget would eliminate funding for the program. The EPA has denied claims filed by residents of a small Alabama community who say they're being harmed by a nearby landfill. Uniontown is 90% African American and the average per capita income is about $9,000 per year. The Arrowhead landfill next to the town covers an area twice the size of Central Park in New York City. Waste from 33 states is sent there, according to The Guardian. Besides car parts and discarded computers, the landfill now contains 4 million tons of coal ash from a Tennessee facility 330 miles away that was hit by a flood. Coal ash contains hazardous chemicals including arsenic and mercury that can cause extremely serious health problems. Residents have experienced nosebleeds, breathing difficulties, mental problems, and cancers. Some people in Uniontown have stopped drinking tap water and many stay indoors to avoid the smells and flies. Dr. Robert Bullard, a distinguished professor at Texas Southern University, told The Guardian that shipping the toxic coal ash from a mostly white county in Tennessee to the rural poor and mostly black community is a textbook case of environmental racism. Last week, the Trump administration lost its challenge to a lawsuit brought by children who claim their rights are being violated due to the government's ignoring of harms caused by climate change. The suit was initially brought by the young people who are now 10 to 21 years old. According to Reuters, the children say that oil industry executives have known for decades that carbon dioxide emissions from burning fossil fuels has destabilized the climate, but have refused to do anything about it. The case was filed in Oregon. Oregon and a lower court refused the government's request to dismiss it, and now that decision has been upheld by an appeals court in San Francisco. Julia Olson, a lawyer for the children, told the Washington Post that they are looking forward to putting the federal government on trial. They will attempt to show Earth is warming because of human activities, and the U.S. government isn't taking any action. She said Americans who are children today will see their most basic rights violated, such as life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. California authorities have approved using reservoirs to store recycled water, which will eventually be supplied to homes and businesses. Recycled water is wastewater that is collected from sidewalks, gutters, showers, and sewers, and then treated. 
Timothy Quinn of the Orange County Water District told NPR that it is the state's largest source of new water supply for this century. The State Water Control Board approved regulations specifying the amount of recycled water that can be added to reservoirs and how long it must stay there before being treated. According to the San Francisco Chronicle, the agency spent two years reviewing the regulations to protect public health. It's also working on plans to regulate adding recycled water directly into drinking water systems or supplies upstream of treatment plants. Coastal cities will flood more frequently in the coming decades as sea levels rise, according to a new study by NOAA. Some places that are now dry could flood daily by the end of the century. The news is particularly bad for San Francisco. A new report from UC Berkeley and Arizona State University says the Bay Area could be dealt a double whammy by climate change because as sea levels rise, much of the shoreline is sinking. It's sinking because many of the structures were built on landfill, piles of rubble and rubble much of which is compacting over time, something called subsidence. That spells trouble for places like San Francisco International Airport, where the researchers project land subsidence combined with projected sea level rise could mean half the airport's runways and taxiways would be underwater by 2100. On Treasure Island between San Francisco and Oakland, land is sinking at a rate of about three quarters of an inch per year. Landfills aren't the only contributor to subsidence. Areas where streams and rivers have deposited mud as they flow into the bay are also subsiding, partly because they're drying out. Other areas are sinking because of groundwater pumping, which depletes the aquifer, causing land to collapse. The authors note that flooding is not the only problem with rising seas and sinking land. When formerly dry land becomes flooded, it causes saltwater contamination of surface and underground water and accelerates coastal erosion and wetland loss. And finally this week, we go to the Rhone Glacier in Switzerland, or what's left of it. About 12,000 years ago, the ice mass covered much of the country, but it's retreated about 4,600 feet since the Industrial Revolution. People in Switzerland want to save the Rhone, and they've come up with an unusual method. They're covering it with blankets, which will reflect sunlight and its heat. Sounds a bit crazy, but glaciologist David Vulcan told Agence France Presse that the blankets are working and can reduce melting by around 70%. While reflecting the sun to slow the melting of glaciers may work, reflecting on how to curb greenhouse gases in the first place may probably be the best way to put climate change on ice. That's This Week in Water. We'll see you next time. This Week in Water is supported by the American Waterworks Association. Find out how emerging advances in membrane technologies can solve utility issues at MTC18. Learn more at awwa.org forward slash conferences.